Welcome to the Happy Kids Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersom, and welcome to today's show. Today's title is Making a Vision Board. Hello, everyone. Well, we've talked before in other podcasts about vision boards, but primarily for grown-ups. And this is not to say that no one has ever thought of doing it with kids, but we especially think that it's a great idea to do with kids. It's amazing the results that you'll have, and it's a neat habit for kids to get into. So, Kara, why don't you talk about what we'll need to get started with this project? Well, if you're going to make a vision board, you're going to have to have some way of putting your vision on some sort of board. So you're going to need a large piece of construction paper or maybe a large piece of cardboard that can be decorated. Or in some cases, people just go out and buy a poster board if they want to have something sturdy to decorate. And none of these choices are expensive, nor need they be. So you get something in the mail from Amazon. And you can use that cardboard. It's really, really simple. And try not to overthink that part. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Well, some parents have even used magnetic boards, the type that normally kids put alphabet and other magnetic objects onto. You can also use that if you want to place things on the board and then just adhere them using the magnets. You can also use a cork board. In which case, you'd use other means like pens or... Well, thumbtacks. Thumbtacks usually is the best there. (laughs) You want to be careful with little kids, little tiny ones when you're doing that. But yeah, these are other ideas that people have used, especially if they want to change and update the board at some point in the future. Well, as dreams unfold for kids, you might not want to make a whole new board, but maybe just change the items on the board that they have. And that's another great reason to use a corkboard. So, Kara, what are we going to put on the board? (laughs) You know, when we've done it, we like to take old magazines. And these are, of course, old magazines that you don't mind destroying because this is what's going to happen to them. If possible, you want to have a computer handy that has access to the Internet so that you can look up some really cool pictures. And a color printer would be handy. We also accumulate things like pamphlets that we find that we find interesting or ads and other mailed items. You just accumulate them because they look interesting and they have maybe some nice artwork on them that you think may come in handy later. It's a nice idea to have a box that you put these things in for kid-type projects. Right. (laughs) Our grandkids love to cut things out of plain construction paper. Plain construction paper is really, really inexpensive. And they can either make their own designs with a pen and then cut around that design Or sometimes they just like to do free-form cutting. And the symbol oftentimes has meaning for them in particular. So they might have to explain to us what it is that they're (laughs) thinking of, because it might not be obvious to us at first. The same thing could be said for tissue paper. They can tear it in bits and put it down, or they can crumple it. And so it becomes 3D Mm -hmm. and glue it down. And again, they might have to tell you what they're thinking about. It's at this point that it might be a great idea to put a little note to the side 
either they write it or you help them write it or you write it so that you can actually explain on the paper what they just got done telling you that it means. Because I guarantee you, two weeks later, when they come over and you ask them again, they won't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Often they don't. Kids tend to live in the moment. Now, you also want to accumulate things like decorations from other art projects, maybe like the little puffy balls. We use cotton balls, buttons, anything like that. When you're working with the kids, they're going to want to decorate. And that's a really great idea to have all your saved stuff available (laughs) for them. And I'm sure that, you know, many parents do have stuff available because kids love to do this kind of thing. And also, don't forget how the 3D is so important to them, much more so than with grown-ups. Even to the extent of using Play-Doh and letting it harden up and then gluing that on your object. So it's all good. And the more depth that they get into it and the more that they make it theirs, the more it's going to have the effect for them. And you'll be surprised even little tiny kids will do a lot of 3D type things. I know one time our granddaughter came over and she started cutting out objects and putting them on a piece of paper. I think she was maybe three at the time. And she had some spiraled planets or I don't know what it was, but something that was hanging off of that board. And all she had done is just cut a spiral out of construction paper. And when she glued it on, a part of it was just flying off of the paper. It was really, it was a really beautiful thing to see. And I was really surprised because she was so little. I didn't even think she could conceive something like that. So, Kara, how are we going to put all that stuff on the board? Well, that's really important, too. <laughs> You'll have to have things like, well, some kind of glue. You can have the type that we use a lot, which is Elmer's white glue. Or, you know, glue sticks are really handy, especially when you don't want things to shrink up because there's water in the white glue and often it will shrink. We also use tape. Of course, if you're using a magnetic board or a cork board, you're going to have to have the magnets and thumbtacks or push pins, something like that, to adhere things to the board. You're going to have to have scissors for cutting things out. (laughs) Absolutely. And those little kitty scissors are the best. You can get them at any big box store. You can get them at the art stores, and you can also get them at, like, your office supply stores. And they come several in a pack, and they're very, very inexpensive. We like to keep our supplies in these little plastic boxes that we get at the hardware store. Something see-through is really nice so that you can see what's in there without having to put words on it. Little kids can't always read, so when they can see what's in the box and they can see what's available. Each plastic box is about the size of a shoebox, and it does have a lid, so they're stackable. They go onto a shelf, and the kids know exactly where to go get them when they're doing any of their art projects. Most art projects, they'll get the paper out by themselves and they'll get the little boxes with all their instruments and tools and crayons and markers and so on. And they'll just go at it. And then usually they'll show it to us when it's done. For a vision board project, we like to have a little bit of an understanding ahead of time what they're going to be working on and then a little guidance through the project. That helps them get more centered. So we have some questions that you can ask them to get started. But first, we need to take a break and thank a sponsor. So when we get back, we'll tell you some of the questions that we use to help get their mind focused on doing a vision board. So we'll be right back. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. 
With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And we're back. Now we do have a list of questions to share with you. These are questions that you can ask the kids in order to get started with this project. You know, it's not just a normal project. They're actually going to plan something. That's a vision of something they want to happen or maybe some way of depicting something that they're excited about in life. And that's what we really want to create is a vision for them to live into. So you can ask them something like, well, what do you want to do this season? Then you can talk about whatever season it is. It might be fall. You just need to guide them a little bit. And also something like, what would you like to learn to do? Or what would you like to be when you grow up? And it's very, very, very important not to have any kind of critiques or perhaps even sarcastic laughter. Absolutely not, because kids do have a vision. They may say they want to be a clown, and who knows? <laughs> who knows what they will want to be when they grow up? What kind of person do you want to be is another really good question. Or what important things do you want to achieve? Where do you dream of going is another question we ask. And where have you been that you really enjoyed? I really like that one. And they can also begin to dream about other places that they would like to go on vacation. They hear what other kids do when they go on vacation, so they may be inspired about things like that. It's important to let them think about things they want to do. Now, the question, what kind of hobbies do you like, often works better for older kids than little ones, because little ones don't really conceive of the fact that they do something most of the time in their day, and so they need to reserve time in other parts of their day or week for a hobby. They pretty much, as Kira said earlier, live in the moment. Yeah. So they're pretty much doing things that we would call hobbies all day long, every day. But as they get to be fifth, sixth, and seventh graders on into middle school and certainly into high school, hobbies do come into play, and it is a concept that they definitely will understand. Yes, and you can ask sort of an open question like, what would you love to have in your life? This could be something like, what kind of pet would you like? Those kind of questions kids can readily answer. And here's a biggie. What makes you feel loved? And that's not going to be an easy one-word answer. So you might have to help them with that a little bit. Right. And it's important that they understand that concept because that's what life is all about, feeling loved and giving love. So let's take a look at how you get this done. Okay, well, first of all, we've gathered all those old magazines. So a lot of times we sit our kids down and we just start thumbing through and we find pictures that they like. And we say, look, let's cut out some pictures that you like or that you might want to use on your vision board. They will begin to find things that are really interesting to them. And of course, you just give them the scissors and help them if they need help. But they really just cut out pictures and put them in their little pile. <laughs> right. Now, it's a really great idea to start off with a board in front of each child. And they should put their name on the top of it. And they should put next to that the date so that we can track these for the future. Right. 
But as they're cutting things out, sometimes they want to immediately slap it down. (laughs) And if they don't have a place to put it down on, they're going to get frustrated. Kids, again, are of the moment. Yes, indeed, have that board ready for them. Another thing, of course, with a name and the date, if you don't want to put it on the front because you're afraid they're going to slam or jam or something down on top of it, you can always write that on the back of their board as well. Just so that you know whose it is and when it was done. Well, kids can actually do their own drawings, too. So let's not forget about the fact that they can cut things out in different shapes or they can draw things in different shapes and cut those out and put those down. As it goes back to the pictures from the Internet, if you don't have a color printer and you have just a black and white, don't despair because you can print pictures out and then they can color them themselves right on top of the image. And they can use a transparent type of marker ink or even color crayons with a little bit less of a heavy coating. They can make them beautiful and they can make black and white pictures look wonderful. They really can. And you can direct them to places where they can find line drawings that they can color in. Also, if you're dealing with an older child, you may want to separate the board into different sections for maybe a large topic that they're covering that has different segments to it, different steps that they have to take to make it happen. You want to help your child gather photos that go along with the subject that they're dealing with or whatever they want to depict. So give them a little bit of guidance. That's important. You can also help them write and cut out words for description if they want to put words on their board. They can also cut out individual letters and make their own words on the page. And sometimes this ends up looking like a ransom note, (laughs) but it does get the point across. And they don't have to continue to look endlessly to find exactly the right word if it might not be available. They can spell it themselves with other letters. Right. And keep in mind, this is something that is supposed to be inspirational for them. So you want to make it big and bold and beautiful. Give them a lot of praise for what they're doing. Absolutely. absolutely. And in the end, you want to hang the board where it's going to be seen and appreciated on a daily basis. Absolutely. Now we need to thank another sponsor. And when we come back, we'll talk about certain planning goals that go along with vision boards. So we'll be back in a sec. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And we're back. Now, vision boards actually do have reasons for existing. The first one is you want to use a vision board to help kids plan a specific goal. You can help them by discussing what it is that they want to achieve. Then you can help them to think about the end result and what it would look like and how they might feel when it is achieved. And these are the things that you want depicted on that board. Right. So you want to have them understand what it is that they're trying to create. Now, certainly along with that, if it's a goal, is you will have intermediate steps. As Kara was talking earlier about dividing the board up, 
it's important to have room for each of the different steps. So you need to take a separate piece of paper and write down what the steps might be. And then you need to take different pieces of paper and put like one, two, three, four corresponding with the steps. And then you need to help them really place them around the vision board so they know that's where that stuff goes. When they get ready to paste, they can paste over those little numbers or pick the number up and paste their stuff down. Then it becomes like a graphical flowchart. It really does, <laughs> yes. We'll have some examples. We have some links that we'll post for you so you can see some of the completed vision boards. Now, another great purpose for a vision board is to explore make-believe. We all know that kids' entire growing up is full of make-believe. And it's fun. It's fun to dream. And it's fun to have make-believe friends and make-believe stories. So they can actually begin to create some of this on the board. And this would be like when writers are creating a board that they use to work out a story. It's kind of the same concept. So encourage big dreams and encourage no limitations. Now, the next thing that you can use a vision board for is expressing gratitude, in which case it kind of becomes a gratitude board. This is creating reminders of things that a kid is grateful for. This leads to more possibilities. So when they see that board and they see all the things they're grateful for, they begin to think of other things they can be grateful for. These images are things that make your kid feel good. Well, feeling good is certainly a way of living into their truth, and it's a way of living into even more fun experiences. That's really what we're all about as human beings, finding ways to pursue happiness. So this is one great way to learn how to pursue all kinds of happiness. And that's where the gratitude comes in, being grateful for what they have. We're not ever trying to discourage the things that they have, but we're also trying to point out that there are some things that they have, like good parents or good friendships that transcend physical objects. So we want them to contrast each kind of thing that's in their life. Absolutely. And you don't want your vision board to just become one of those wish lists for all the things that they'd like to get for Christmas or their birthday or all the physical things, as Bill mentioned, that they'd like to have. It really is a celebration of who they are, who they already are and what they love to do and what they want to have in their life. So it's a totally different thing. And yet it is very child centered. It's all about that child. So you want to make it a fun project a fun celebration of that child. But we're not trying to say that they should never put a physical object on the board that they want to receive. That also goes right along with any vision board concept. Grown-ups will do that all the time. They'll put a new car on theirs and they'll put new clothes on theirs and a wonderful vacation on theirs. These are wonderful things to want to aspire to. It's the same with the children. Also, it can help them understand what it's like to wish for something and then what it's like to receive that and see if the happiness still equates. Did that object really make them happy or not? And why? So those are great questions to ask when you're reviewing the board months later after some of the events have happened. Absolutely. They do want to have things there that they aspire to attaining, but just not a whole list of I want this, I want this, I want this. You know, it isn't a shopping list after all. 
Well, I think that's about the end of our podcast, Kira. I think you're right, Bill. We pretty much covered it, and we hope that you have fun with your kids. We certainly do with ours when we're creating these projects. That's our show for today. Bill and I want to thank you for listening to the Happy Kids Podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to iTunes Podcast and look for the Better Living Institute, the Happy Kids Podcast. There you'll also find all the podcasts produced by the Better Living Institute, the Book Talk Podcast, the Healthy Tips Podcast, the Love Stories Podcast, and our two newest podcasts, the Happiness Experience and today's podcast, the Happy Kids Podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness, one loving conversation at a time. You can also find our podcast and view all of the great stories photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. While there, please go to our contact page and leave us a comment. Kira and I encourage you to send us some feedback. You can also like and message us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com forward slash betterlivinginstitute. In addition, our email address is feedback at betterlivinginstitute.com. We hope you'll listen again next time and remember to share our show with your friends and family. This is Kieran Bill Van Ittersom for the Better Living Institute saying so long for now, everyone.